people ask me for parenting advice, and that is a broad subject because depending on the age of the children and a host of other factors, my response is always different. And so I need a lot of data in order to answer the question effectively, again, because we're so diverse and there's so many things going on in our lives. It's different seasons of our lives. We're different maturities. Sometimes I tell them what we did, and I don't say that because we have figured it out. I think most parents realize that we don't know what we're doing. And then as we become older, we start going through all the things that I I wish I knew way back then. And I also would not want to communicate that there is a formula that is that is a problem that some of us succumb to, the temptation that if I just know what to do, and then you have a formulaic process of parenting, and of course, there's not a formula out there anywhere. And so if any of our children do well, and I think this is the most important thing, that it is God's grace that that causes them to do well. But if you were to ask me a few of the top things that we taught our children, I mean, I could share a number of things that we have tried to communicate to to our children. And so in this podcast, what I want to do is I want to share with you some of the things that we have shared with our daughters. And therefore, I have titled this podcast, The Top 50 Things That I Want My Daughter to Know. Now, this is not an exhaustive list by a long shot. And also, if you want to read the top 50 things that I shared with my son, uh, there is also a podcast, a complete article, and a video uh, where you can take advantage of that resource as well. And you could put both of them together. There may be a little bit of overlap, but not much. And so you could get... 100 pieces of parenting advice, and so maybe you could use these two articles that way. But this one here, again, is titled, The Top 50 Things That I Want My Daughter to Know, and I've written it out as a letter to uh, both of our daughters, and I want to share those with you now. My dearest darling daughter, you're growing up so fast. It seems like it was only a short time ago when I was carrying you on my back, but that ship has sailed. You're a young lady now and maturing by the day. It won't be long before your time comes to leave our home and make a life that is uniquely your own, the one that the Lord is writing for you. Just thinking about that day makes me sad, but it also excites me. I've had a front row seat to your story, and it has been a blast to watch. As I was thinking about you this week, I started writing a few thoughts that might help you as you think about your future. These things are not in any particular order, but they all have significance in their own way. Some of them you will quickly recognize, and I I trust all of them will be beneficial for you. Some of these things that I'm going to share, they will come sooner than later, but I hope that all of them will be appropriate and all of them will be beneficial for you. So here you go, top 50 things that I want you to know. Number one, don't just marry a Christian. Christians are a dime a dozen. 
Marry a person who acts like Jesus. When you line up the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, there should be just a slight difference between your boyfriend and Jesus. And Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, is a good template to see what Jesus looks like. It's not an exhaustive template, but it is a good template as you look at those nine elements there. Your boyfriend should look something like that. That's the guy of your dreams. Any other kind of man will probably be a nightmare. Number two, boys are not as strong and invincible as they want you to believe. If you don't learn the book before you fall in love with the cover, you'll be disappointed with the content. Number three, don't spend your teenage years primarily playing sports or anything else that you will not be doing when you're 50 years old. Spend the best part of your days practicing what you will be doing and should be doing for the rest of your life. Whether in your teen years or adult years, your hobbies should not be your primary focus. Unless you make a living doing your hobby, then of course, do your hobby all the time as far as your vocation. Number four, brush your teeth at least twice a day, no matter what. See how long you can make that last. I paid a lot of money for your mouth. Number five, the key is not being critical, angry, unkind, or self-righteously judgmental of others. The key is never forget that you put Jesus on the cross, and if you remember that, then you will not be critical, angry, unkind, or self-righteously judgmental. If you spend your days near the cross while never forgetting why God put Jesus there, your heart will be humbled and your attitude toward others will be gracious. Number six, you know the question. The question is, who is the biggest sinner in the room? from your perspective. You also know the answer, and if you never forget it, you will have beautiful relationships. Number seven, you are not put on earth for folks to serve you. You're here to serve others. The more you give yourself away to others, the fuller you will be. Number eight, be sure to eat a moon pie and drink a knee-high at least twice a year. It will keep you a kid, and it will remind you of many good times we had together. Number nine, don't ever smoke anything. Number 10, use the guy test when it comes your time to find one. Here's a few questions in the guy test. How does he treat his mother? How does he treat his sisters, if he has any? Why does he like you? Here's the hint as far as the answer. To glorify God, that has to be the answer. Some version of that. Does he have self-control? Will he keep his hands off of you? Has he learned how to mortify his fear of man? Is he addicted to porn? How do you know if he is or is not? Number 11, find out how to fail well. Embrace failure. Don't be afraid of it. Your greatest lessons and most profound pleasures will come out of your defeats. Number 12, never stop reading books. Read all kinds of books, and I probably do not have to say that because 
Both of you are lovers of books, and I am very grateful for that. They will be your friends for life, and they will open up your world, your worlds, and uh, it will be to your benefit as well as to others. Number 13, small talk leads to deep talk. Do both well. Be silly. Be serious. Be all things between. Number 14, when you do something dumb, don't cover it up. Own and discuss your mistakes with your close friends. Do not discuss your mistakes with those who do not have your best interest. But when you do something dumb, don't cover it up. Number 15, keep on laughing at yourself. Laugh a lot. You'll be healthier if you laugh often. Be free to laugh real loud in restaurants. Don't be obnoxious, but be willing to give yourself over to spontaneous and uninhibited laughter. Number 16, never give anyone power over you. The quickest way for this to happen is if they have something you believe you must have. People crave some of these things from others like approval and acceptance, love, significance, or maybe they fear their rejection. Don't let this happen to you ever. If these things become too important to you, you will give people power over you and they will manipulate and manage you. Number 17, your main family is not biological, but spiritual. Your biological family, us, we will go away eventually. Your spiritual family, which is also us, will never end. Build solid and deep Christian relationships. Value community. Number 18, go to bed on time and get up on time. Be disciplined, but do not be rigid. Have cheat days. Be spontaneous, too. If you want to stay up past midnight watching a movie, go for it. Number 19, eat healthily. Don't eat fast food. And I apologize for all the times that I've taken you to Burger King to get 10 burgers for a dollar. There was another reason I was doing that, but fast food will kill you faster than other food. That may be why they call it fast food. Number 20, always brag on others, never brag on yourself. Number 21, always gossip about yourself, never gossip about others. Number 22, don't just read your Bible, but study it in such a way that it begins to master you. You don't have to read your Bible every day. Nobody does that. Let's be honest, but you should be practicing it every day. Number 23, memorize Bible chapters because there are fewer of them. There's only 1,189 uh, it's also better to memorize books of the Bible. That's easier because there's only 66 of those. But the main thing is memorize the Bible. I do recommend memorizing chapters. Number 24, your strengths will be your most significant weaknesses. 
While you should guard your weaknesses, you do want to do that. You must doubly guard your strengths because we can become quite proud of the things that we are proficient at. Your strengths will get you in more trouble than your weaknesses because we don't typically guard the things that we are proficient at. Oswald Chambers said an unguarded strength is a double weakness. That is one of the mantras that I have memorized, and I think about it often. Number 25, the main four words for your life will never change. Here they are, love God, love others. It's right out of Matthew's playbook in chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. Master and practice these four words more than anything else. It is really phenomenal that the Bible can be uh, trimmed down, pared down to just these four words, and two of those words are identical. So really, it's three words, love God and others more than yourself, and you will have a successful life. You may not get everything that you want. We are fallen people in a fallen world. But to live a transcendent life that rises above a normal, ordinary life happens when we love others and love God most of all. Number 26, making straight A's in school is not essential. Nobody cares. Nobody cares unless you're a student in school or you are a parent of a student in school. We did not put the bumper sticker on our car that our student is an honor student. You do your best according to how the Lord has gifted you. Life is not about straight A's, but glorifying God in all that you do. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians, and I like this. Those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise. There can be a temptation to focus on making the A and not glorifying God. You can glorify God by making A's, and you can glorify God primarily by doing your best even when it's not making A's. Number 27, don't wear church clothes to the church meeting. Be yourself. I mean, be appropriate. Be modest. Be yourself. That is the person that the Lord knows, and that is the one that the Lord loves. You don't want to have a highly edited version of yourself that you have carefully crafted that you trot out into the public spaces, hoping that people will find that person more acceptable. If that is true, then other people will be managing you. You're not being yourself. And so I say don't wear church clothes to the church meeting. You be who you are That's the one that the Lord knows, and that's the one you want to present to others. Number 28, buy things you want. It's okay. You can steward the Lord's money and still enjoy blessings beyond your need list. God gives us more than we deserve. We Our cup runs over, as David told us in Psalm 23. You don't want to be that shopaholic. You don't want to use shopping as a as a way to satiate whatever noise is going on in your soul, but also you don't want to be so rigid that you don't enjoy some of the good things in God's life, in God's world that God has given to us. And so you can, it is okay within moderation and appropriateness, buy things that you want. Number 29, nobody can touch you without your permission. 
if they try to do one of the following. Number one, hit them. Number two, run from them. Number three, tell me. Number four, yell fire at the top of your lungs. Number five, all of the above. Number 30, practice these three things. Number one, I will take risk but not be foolish. I will spend a lot of time thinking. I will do things that matter for eternity's sake. I got this list years ago from I'm not sure where. I paraphrased it, changed it a little bit, and these are the three things that uh, that my that I have built my life around. A survey was taken a number of years ago of 90-year-old people, and they asked them if they could do their life over again, what would be uh, the top things that they would do, and these were the top things. They said that I would take more risk. I say take more risk, but don't be foolish. Life is an adventure. We want to live by faith. We are hemmed in by fear, and that fear keeps us from enjoying all that God provides for us all that we could enjoy if we were more God-centered than fear-centered. They also said, I'd spend more time in reflection. I said, spend a lot of time thinking. Because of your love for books, I think that you have an active imagination and you are uh, good thinkers, and I want you to always hone that gift. And then number three, do things that matter for eternity's sake. They said that they would do things that are of more value, of more importance. We as Christians would do things with eternity in view. Take risk, don't be foolish, spend a lot of time in reflection, meaning you have to pull away from time to time so that you can actually think. That also means stay away from social media as much as possible because it will truncate your thought life and then do things that matter for eternity's sake. Number 31, don't drink beer. It tastes nasty. Don't drink alcohol of any kind if it's going to cause your friends to stumble. However, don't be controlled by the preferences of your friends. There are two ditches here. You'll need the wisdom that God gives to figure this out. And so somehow you don't want to be managed by others, and you also want to be free to do what God wants you to do. Number 32, don't be controlled by the bathroom scale and don't be afraid of it. Use it often, but make sure it is to glorify God, not because you are stuck on yourself. You have to take care of yourself spiritually and physically. If you don't take care of yourself spiritually and physically, then it will circumvent what you could do for God and for others. Loving God and loving others, there is a requirement that you are physically and spiritually fit so that you can do those four words very well. And so don't be controlled by the bathroom scale. That could be vanity. It could be sin, but don't be afraid of it. Use it for glorifying God. Number 33, your best friends will be the ones who tell you the whole truth about you. Find them, pursue them, cherish them. Do not build companions who will always agree with you. You don't want a rubber stamping committee and people who always rubber stamp everything that you say and do. They are not your friends. There is something wrong with them. You can have them as friends, but they cannot be your most intimate circle, or it will damage you. 
Number 34, you make all your decisions by faith. If you do not believe you should move forward, then you should not move forward. When in doubt, don't. It could be the Lord that is detaining your heart. Listen, learn how to listen to the Spirit, the illumination of the Spirit of God. If you're in faith, yes, you want to take that risk. That's what I was saying earlier. You don't want to be foolish. You want to step out in faith. You always want to be moving forward. However, if there is more doubt than faith, then you should not move forward at this time at least. Number 35, don't be controlled by what you see in the mirror. Humbly thank God for what you see. It's okay to paint the barn, but don't overpaint the barn and don't underappreciate who you are. God made you uniquely, and as I have told you often, you are beautiful. I have beautiful girls, and so don't be controlled, overly controlled by what you see in the mirror. Number 36, it's better to be old and single than to be old and in a miserable marriage. It's not a sin to wait as long as you need to wait to be married. Uh, you know what I do for a living. You've heard some of the stories, and you don't want to be one of those stories. And so God will bring the right person along at the right time. Let the game come to you. Don't push it, manipulate it, try to make it happen. Don't force the issue. God has that person for you. Number 37, people will disappoint you. Accept that now and learn how to respond with humility while focusing on one good trait of the individual who disappointed you. You may have to look hard, but surely there's a good trait in that person, and you can focus on that more than the disappointment that they bring into your life. Number 38, all of your anger will come from your heart, not from the other person, or not from the circumstances in your life. If you're angry, the cause is inside of you. Look there first. That is your best move. The Lord will be on your side. Perhaps reading James chapter 4, the verse, first 10 verses will benefit you. Number 39, learn how to cook. Number 40, learn how to run a business. One of the things that I appreciate about both of you is that you you are learning these things, and you have entrepreneurial spirits, and I'm very glad about that. It will serve you well if you do marry. It will serve your husbands and maybe even future children very well. You're highly gifted young ladies, and so you can run a business. You have the skill set to do so, and so run and run hard, and maybe the Lord will use this in, in your future in ways that you cannot imagine now. Number 41, it's okay to order a Sprite when everyone is drinking alcohol. Go back to what I said earlier. Don't let a fear or a desire for acceptance, approval, uh, don't let those things, significance or a fear of rejection, don't let those things manage you. Just order Sprite. It's okay. 42, you don't have to go to college. Most of the people I counsel have been to college. Smart people sin. Newsflash, you need more than college to live well in God's world. 
If God wants you to go to college and you can step out in faith, step out in faith and go to college. Smart people sin. I think in my counseling world, I I have counseled more college graduates than non-college graduates for what it's worth. 43, don't apologize when you sin. I'm sorry does not require a response from the person that you offended, the person that you sinned against. If you have offended someone, ask them to forgive you. Forgiveness requires a reply from the offended person. You want to clean up your messes thoroughly, and even though they did not ask for it, they are in it. They are in the sphere of offense. Therefore, they need to be in the sphere of confession and the sphere of forgiveness. So don't apologize when you sin. Don't say, I'm sorry, because it doesn't require them to engage you and to forgive you. Number 44, randomly buy people things that don't cost a lot of money or give people things. God speaks to each one of us personally and practically. God does things for us that we do not deserve practice this habit of giving things to people randomly uh, buying random thing uh, randomly buying things for people that don't cost a lot of money that don't put you in a bind but it is one of the ways that you can be Jesus to others number 45 when someone bothers you assume you do not have all the facts then start problem solving by asking questions always ask more questions than make statements. Number 46, don't let your desires turn into needs. You only have five needs. There is water and air, there's food and shelter, and there's salvation. Now, you can add clothes there, but honestly, clothes is not a need. You could live on a deserted island naked, but keep wearing clothes. But as far as needs are concerned, water, air, food, shelter, and salvation. Everything else is a desire, meaning you do not need it. You'll know if your desires have morphed into needs when any of these things happen. One, you become impatient with others. Then you have elevated an expectation into a need, and now you are impatient. You're sinning against them. You're manipulating them. You become frustrated with others. You become disappointed with others. You become demanding of others. When those things happen, perhaps you could add to the list as well, then you are manipulating them. It is a desire run amok. Number 47, don't base your decisions on your feelings at the moment. Feelings are fleeting. If the Lord wants you to have it, you will have it. Be a good sovereigntist. God loves you, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Number 48, learn how to change the oil in the car. For a bonus, learn how to change the tire. It may help you in a pinch. Number 49, oh, there's also YouTube, but I would be glad to teach you as well. Number 49, work hard and play hard. Chase life. Do not let life chase you. Show up for your life and pursue it hard and heartedly. And then 50, and finally, I will always love you no matter what. 
There is nothing that you will ever do that will alter my affection for you or my desire to be on your side. I am for you. This is the heart of Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? And he proved that he is for us by the things that Paul mentioned in verse 29 and in verse number 30. And I trust that I have proved that I I've loved you all these years, and I want you to always know that, that there is nothing that you cannot tell me no matter what. I also want you to remember the mantra, and you know the mantra. I have no greater joy than knowing that my children are walking in the truth. That's what I want for my birthday. That is what I want for Christmas. You're walking in the truth. That is the greatest gift. And when you fail, you know how to clean up your messes. Do that and get back on the path of truth. I love you with all of my heart, your dad. The title of this podcast is The Top 50 Things That I Want My Daughters to Know, or My Daughter to Know is for both of our daughters. Uh, You can use this as parenting advice. There's a lot of tips here that you could extract. I would encourage you to think through a list of things that you would want your children to know and that you begin to write those things down, or if you don't write them down, at least be communicating these things. Our children have heard some version of all of these things most of their lives, and, and you want to communicate these things often enough that they are imprinted on their minds, and not just they know these things, but they are practicing these things. And so you create your own list. Use this as parenting advice. Also, you can click on the link here inside of this article, 50 Things That I Want My Son To Know, and you can go over and you can listen to that podcast. You can watch that video and, uh, and you can read that article as well. I also have linked here a 31-day parenting devotion that is a free resource, and I would encourage you to read that devotional together as parents, and maybe that would benefit you too. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and watching the video. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.